I have a seat as I introduce somebody very, very special. Uh, this is a literally father of this house that helped very instrumentally. God used him to uh, start this church back on 7th Street and get this property here. And uh, most of you know him. This is a Apostle Emmanuel Kenneth Tracy. We call him Apostle C, if that's all right. On the count of three, say Apostle three. Uh, <laughs> on the count of C, say no. Just say hi, Apostle C. I know, we'll do that. <laughs> Amen. But right. we had a guy, you kind of messed up that first service because there was a guy who didn't get off work till 4. He thought he could take a nap, and it was just too exciting. <laughs> you can't, so don't plan on any naps. I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is going to move in a strong way. And this is an, uh, what you call an apostle, one of the five-fold ministry that operates in all of it. But that's because... I mean, there's so many churches he's helped plant, so many churches he's helped go in and kind of speak to the foundations and, and get them encouraged and going again. And, and I'm telling you, uh, there's just going to be a special anointing in this house. So get your believer up and ready to go. And if it's not, if it's not working very well, it's going to start working after this service. Amen. So let's give a big warm welcome to Apostle C. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. You know, uh, I hear all these wonderful things said, you know. Is, isn't, it, it, isn't it something that God, now think about this, that God honors his servants. He puts honor upon them. And when nice things are said like that, I've learned that we take all of those compliments and we give it all back to God because it's his presence, his power, his wisdom, his anointing, his Holy Spirit. We are just the vessel. Can you say hallelujah? But the Bible does say that it is good to give honor. You're going to hear in this message something before. I just got to give a testimony I like to testify. Three weeks ago, a young man in our church uh, was going to have coffee with me. In fact, he's my spiritual son. He came to our church the day or so after he was released from jail. He's a drug addict, heroin user in trouble with the law, in jail, couldn't read or write, uneducated. And he got saved, and he got delivered. And uh, tragic things happened. And uh, he was on a motorcycle chasing somebody, just spirit of anger and jealousy or whatever, rage hit him. And he landed under a car, and the car was on top of him. Nose was broken. His knees were broken. He was crushed and burned on two-thirds of his, uh, from his waist to his neck. He should be dead. He should be in the grave. It's a long story. I'll just make it clear. A young man, his nephew, 
only 23 years old, had stayed in his condominium, and he was on his way to have coffee with me. He got back to God, got restored, got delivered, and finally got a call as we were just heading towards Starbucks. <laughs> and I said, what's wrong? He said, the young man, 23 years old, found dead in the bedroom. The cops are there. And I said, hurry, just forget about our meat. Get on over there. And tragic thing, a beautiful young person, 23 years old, dead. They asked me to preach the funeral. I didn't know the kid, but he's the nephew of my spiritual son who God literally raised from the dead. And it was the grandparents of this young man owned plots in this Catholic cemetery. So the funeral was at the Catholic cemetery in the funeral home. And I, I didn't realize that they said, you're going to have to preach two different days to take care of the crowds. The crowds would be so big. Well, hundreds of people showed up, gangbangers, people tattooed from their neck down to their fingertips. I mean, a wild crowd of just, just, and then family members, hundreds of people. We had to do the same sermon three times. Well, I couldn't preach the same sermon three times if you had a shotgun on me because I just preached by the anointing. But we went through the first crowd, packed like this church, packed that funeral home, but only about the middle section. And, uh, and I said, I'm called to preach. I've been asked to come to a Catholic funeral home to do the memorial service. I'm just going to do what I'm called to do, and I'll preach. And in the first service, over 200 raised their hands to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, I want to tell you something. Not only did they repeat the prayer, but I said, if you believe the Word of God and you believe that Jesus died and rose again and came into your heart as you prayed, and you believe that your name is in the book of life, I want you to shout. And I know we were in a Catholic funeral home, but you never heard such shouting in all of your life. I knew they were going to throw us out. And so the next day, I had to come back for the second crowd, packed the funeral home, and I preached, and I prophesied, and hundreds responded to the altar call, and we shouted and praised God. And then they surprised me. They said, you're going to have to go to the cemetery. Oh, I said, you mean ashes to ashes and dust to dust, you know, all, and rust to rust and whatever they. <laughs> no, we want you to preach again because the biggest crowd's going to be there. So I'm at the cemetery, and the father of this boy and his wife, standing there by the coffin, this beautiful-looking boy who was a heroin user who had just gotten saved about two weeks or so before, but not a member of our church, 
but just had gotten saved. The sister wept at the two services telling how that she pleaded with her brother to get saved and he received Jesus Christ. But the effects of heroin and probably destroyed uh, veins in his heart. Who knows what all happened? And he died. So I stood the father and the mother next to the coffin and I started prophesying over them. And the father received the Lord Jesus Christ. He put up his hands. He started shaking. Listen, started shaking. And he said, okay, Lord, I'll do it, Lord. <laughs> and, of course, I made an altar call. And guess what? A lot more hands up, a lot more prayer. See, this is what God is going to do in this church. You baptized 50 last week. What about seeing hundreds and hundreds of people saved and delivered and, and, and filled with the Spirit of God? And that's what this message is all about. And so I asked God, I said to God, give me one more confirmation of the message that I'm to preach three times here, as you did, you know, in the funeral. And so please don't do this, but I can do this because this, I've, I've done it all of my life. When I really want a triple confirmation, I just take my little Bible and I say, God, do it one more time. <laughs> and I let it open up. And it was Micah, the fourth chapter. I haven't been in Micah for years. Look at what God gave me for you. Watch this. In the last days. How many believe we're living in the last days? Let me see your hand. If you believe it, we're living in the last days. It is the last days, folks. It is the last days. And people want all over the world for me to prophesy, what's going to happen? Are we going to go through the tribulation? Are we going to take the mark of the beast? Since ISIS is beheading people, is it going to happen in America, in Russia, and, and, and China, and Korea? Are they all going to merge together? Are they going to come against America? They hate us. Is, is there going to be atomic bombs and nuclear weapons uh, blasting our cities? And now, what's going to happen? Is Antichrist taking over? Is, 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 is God going to judge America? Is God going to cremate us? Well, what is going to happen? And prophets are prophesying, or so-called prophecy, that we're in doomsday and gloomsday and all over America. And so I'm preaching a different message. And here's the confirmation. I have never read this scripture out loud in church before. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house, that's C-O-T-R, by the way, Church of the Crossroads, Church of the Rock, Church of the City, Church of the Nation, Church of the World. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. When is this going to happen, everybody? When is it going to happen? death? It's the last days. The church will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. God said that. God said that. I didn't say that. It will be raised above the hills and people from all over. 
over the world will stream there to worship. Oh, my God. People from many nations will come and say, come and let us go unto C-O-T-R. <laughs> You're already reaching countries. You, my crazy daughter is going three or four or five times a year all over the world, and I rebuked her. I said, honey, you can't do it. She said, you did it. I said, yeah, but you're a woman. Ah, sexist. No, I didn't say that. She said, you did it, and you left us home. I said, yeah, but I left you home with grandma and grandpa. <laughs> from all over the world through your mission teams, through your evangelism, through that radio broadcast, through the intercession of you people, through your tithes and offerings and giving and missionary over a half a million dollars planted in, in multiple missions opportunities and discharge. You are affecting nations. <laughs> And when that miracle took place that I shared this morning, my watch has been stopped for about seven or eight weeks. And I took it to the jewelry store where somebody bought it and gave it to me. And I thought it was guaranteed maybe. And they wanted $1,095 to fix it. And I said, give me the watch. Then I went to another jewelry store and I thought they'd be kinder. And they said, it, I know they're going to charge you down at the mall $1,095, but we'll do it for $8.95. We checked it out. It needs overhauling. I said, give me my watch. Then I went to another one, and they said, we got to send it away. It's in a mess. I said, give me my watch. And I laid my hands on the watch, and I said, God, please forgive me. But I don't want to spend that kind of money on a stupid watch. <laughs> Make it work. And it's working. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, everybody. You gotta you gotta understand the mountain of the house of the Lord. Put that scripture back on. People from many nations will come. Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of it's going to happen you will you will see this place so crowded you will see hundreds of people saved thus saith the lord the prayer of intercession is going to be heard in this place there is going to be unity there's going to be there's going to be a togetherness there's going to be a community there's going to be neighbor watching each other's backs they're going to be praying for one another there's going to be a a a a, a sense of destiny and purpose upon the people, there is going to be so much of the presence of God that sinners won't even wait for the sermon. They'll be running to the front of this building to be saved, crying out, the Lord is my Lord. He's my Savior. People from many nations will come and will walk in his paths for the Lord's teachings will go out from COTR, from Zion, Let's read the rest of it. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes. 
between strong nations far away. Come on, shout with me, everybody. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. This is all going to happen in the last days. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war. Somebody shout. Put up your hands. Put up if you believe the word. If, only if you believe the word. If you believe the word. If you're a calamity holler. If you want, you, 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 you're, there are people writing books scaring, just scaring people to death. Fear is everywhere. Now let me give you what God told me to say to this church. It's time. What time is it? It's time to cross the Jordan. You are on the greatest, you are on the greatest transformation and transition the Church of the Rock has ever seen. And we read in Joshua 1, verse 1 to 6, now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, just like he's speaking now through these lips to you. Arise! <laughs> of course, my servant Moses is dead. But that means the old order is dead. The order of uncertainty, fear, unbelief, worry, dread, confusion about the purpose. Am I called? Am I not called? Will it happen or won't happen? My servant Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all the people. Everybody say, all the people. Say, all the people. Not just the amen corner. Not just the hallelujah crowd. Not just the worship team. Not, not just the paid professionals <laughs> on the platform. All of you. Arise and cross this Jordan. And he said, I am giving to them the land which I promised would I swear. Every place on which the soles of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun. Now, here are the promises that God's giving the church on the rock to you individuals, you guests and visitors that know Jesus. No man or woman will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Mo wait a minute, did it say just as I've been with Moses? Yeah, just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. I need that. I need that. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, the amazing thing about this is, is that Jordan, and Jordan's a holy place. I know because I was there and I was baptized in that river. But it's a holy place because the geography in the Bible if something sometimes happens, it's miraculous at a place, then another time it'll happen again, and another time and another. Now, this is a transition that's taking place from the wilderness to the promised land, from Moses to Joshua. And at that same river, Elijah came 
with Elisha. And Elisha said, give me a double portion of the spirit that's upon you. And Elisha said, if you're here, when you see me, go up. <laughs> you can have my mantle. He waited. The mantle came. He grabbed it. He took and he struck it over the Jordan. It opened. And he got a double portion, twice as many miracles as his mentor, Elijah. At that same river, that same river, here comes Jesus and says to John the Baptist, baptize me. He goes down in baptism. He comes up and heaven opened. And a voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And everybody heard this man, Jesus, the son of man, was the son of God. There was no doubt about who Jesus was. And immediately he was led by the Spirit. Now, after this great meeting this morning, don't be shocked. If somebody tries to dash out in front of you and almost hits you, don't be shocked if your mother-in-law moves in. Forgive me for saying that. Don't be shocked. Because he was immediately ushered into the wilderness and tempted in every point like you. The same temptations came to Jesus, and he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He resisted the devil, and the devil did not win. All the songs we sang today about God fighting for us. He's a fighter. He fought with the word. He fought after being filled with the spirit, even though he was God, very God and coexistent and co-equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He emptied himself and became a man. And he had the emotions and feelings and, and temptations and he overcame without sin. Let me tell you something. He did it for you. You will overcome. You will be victorious. God will fight your battles. You will see victory. You will see. We've had four people in our church healed. Two staff members healed of cancer. Four stage cancer. Your own a pastor, a beautiful Linnell, totally cancer-free. Everybody ought to shout hallelujah. Cancer-free. My wife was a polio cripple, and that's how I met her when they carried a 14-year-old girl into a meeting in a school in Sedea after being in isolation and in a hospital for three months, 24 hours a day, expecting her to die. God saved her. Healed her. Come on, everybody. Delivered her from infantile pride. We're walking down the street, Pastor Mike, in, in, in Waikiki, Hawaii, and we're holding hands. Uh, this was about, oh, about January of last year. We're walking down the street, holding hands. Come here, honey. Uh, just because we're in our 80s don't mean we can't be, you know, hold hands. Glory to God. And the streets are covered with people in Waikiki, and 
people stopped us right in the middle. They said, that is so wonderful. And I said, what? Well, you're holding hands. It's a nice old couple. I said, uh, well, that's great. <laughs> I thought that was what we're supposed to do. They, well, how long have you been married? I said, do you really want to know? Yeah. I said, between the two of us, she's been married to me 62 years, and I've been married to her 62 years. Oh, wow. Well, what is the secret? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. And right there, the crowd is wanting to move, and we're talking. And I tell them the first story. And she gives her testimony, and we start ministering to the people on Waikiki. Hallelujah. Listen. <laughs> hey, don't go away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. Listen to me. There never was a time like this time to give your testimony and witness. This is a broken world. This is a broken, a, a broken America. There's, there's people... They're sad, they're discouraged, they're fearful, they're, they're filled with terror. Every newspaper, every television newscast, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. You want to vomit. They're killing babies, they're shooting schools. They're going, you go to a concert and they're shooting up, they're shooting up. The ISIS is all over America. They're in Texarkana. They're in, they're, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God! Listen, do this right now. The Lord told me that I should do this. All right, put your hands over your head right now. Now, I want to tell you something right now before I give you point number one. You've got to swallow your fears, but here's something that will protect you right now. Plead the blood over you and your family every single day because there's no safe place anywhere you go, school or concert or to a theater. Even churches are killing people. But listen to me. You're safe under the canopy of the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers me. It covers our family. It covers our children. It covers our great chant. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Shout, everybody. Shout. Shout unto God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I was in an airplane coming back from South Africa to marry this young lady. I'd been there seven months, preaching to thousands. We've had bonfires of, of the fetishes and idols and cigarettes and dope and drugs as high as a 10-foot ceiling and hundreds and thousands of people saved. Now I'm coming home to marry my wife who got healed of polio and the plane catches on fire. And they're scared spitless on that train. It's jumping up and down, and they're trying to put the fire out. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your safety belts and put on your Mae West life jacket. Why do they call it Mae West? I don't know. And we put the jacket on, and they tell us they're going to ditch in the ocean. 
And suddenly, will Reverend Emmanuel Kenneth Tracy come to the cockpit? Well, what did I do? And I go in there, and he said, I see you have the guitar with you. The people are getting a little bit scared and frightened. Smelling songs were being offered on that plane. It was a propeller job, Pan American, no jet. And people were afraid. And uh, sing or say something. And they gave me the microphone. And I said to the stewardess, you hold it. Put my guitar on. I have a captive audience. <laughs> 21 years of age and the plane's on fire and it's shaking. And I get to sing. <laughs> you didn't ask me to sing. And you know the song I sang? The chimes of times ring out the news. Another day is through. Someone slipped and fell. Was there someone you? You may have longed for added strength, your courage to renew. Do not be disheartened, for I bring news to you. It is no secret. Sing it with me. What God can do, what he's done for others, he'll do for you and with his arms wide open he'll pardon you it is no secret what and there are people getting smelling salts and i have to sing the second verse there is no night i changed the words Stuart hamlin will forgive me there is no night for in his flight, he'll never walk alone, <laughs> wherever you may fly. <laughs> if, and I sang it, and the people started singing it. And you know what? The lady, when I sat down, she said, I can't find my rosary. I can't find my rosary. Father, will you bless me? Father, I'm 21 years old. take her hand, sweaty, clammy hand, and started praying. It took seven treatments to calm her down. <laughs> the pilot said, we are trying to land in an island. We're at the point of no return. We can't go back to South Africa. And I said, if God needs to, he'll put a seraphim under that plane and hold it up because there's property aboard this plane that he wants in <laughs> Versailles to pick up some baggage here. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we landed on an island called the Azores, bumpy, and that woman grabbed me and hugged me and squeezed. I thought I was going to lose my breath. She said, what would I have done if you wasn't aboard? I said, what would I have done if he wasn't aboard? Jesus boards with you. He lives with you. Wherever you go, he goes. So when he says cross Jordan, you've got to swallow your fears. The second thing you've got to do 
is you got to put on the whole armor of God. Sure, I knew that plane could go down. Sure, I don't know how to swim. Sure, <laughs> I still don't know how to swim. I paid people to teach me. They gave up on me. I sink. I didn't say stink. I sink. But that plane had property aboard that Jesus loved. Come on, everybody. And he loved every one of those people. Now, I'm telling you this. You've got to swallow your fears, but you've got to put on the whole armor of God. You've got to suit up. Joshua was commanded to tell the soldiers, tell the people of Israel, every man, put on your weapons, put on, suit up, put on the armor. We have armor in the sixth chapter of Hebrews, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the helmet of salvation, you know, the breastplate, you know, the girdle, you know, the sword of the spirit, you know, the shoe, the shoes shod with preparation of the God. You know that, you know, you know, you know, you know. But there's one thing that you just got, and you people are unique, and that is the verse 18 of the sixth chapter is praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit, praying in, and uh, R.T. Kendall was a Methodist pastor, and they invited him to England to pastor this real historical church, Westminster Abbey, where the queen and the king and the princes and, princes and all of them went. And he got filled with the Holy Spirit. I heard him say a few weeks ago, he said, I pray in tongues. Listen now, if you're worried about tongues. He said, I pray in tongues for an hour and a half a day. I pray more in tongues than I do in English because the Holy Spirit knows what we need and knows how to pray. And the Holy Spirit is more familiar with God than I am because he is God. Somebody shout hallelujah. He prays in tongues. Can you imagine doing that at West, Westminster Abbey? And, but he has an understanding. You suit up, folks. Because I am not kidding. Look at me, eyeball to It is frightening. The Secretary of Defense was asked by CNN News, what do you think is going to happen? Tell us, are we, is Korea going to do this? And is Russia going to do this? What's going to happen? He said, if I told you what I know, If you knew what I knew, you would never leave your house. That puts the fear in people. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you know what you know, and you've heard it in this church, don't let fear seize you. Put on the helmet of salvation. Come on, come on, come on. Put on the breastplate. Righteousness, get the sword out because the best days are not past. The best days are beginning right now. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everybody raise your hands out loud say, the best days are here and yet to come. Hallelujah. Where are you, Satan? Where are you hiding?
not you, brother. <sighs> you know, a lot of Christians are saying, oh, get the devil off of my back. The devil is screaming, get the church off of my back. He's more frightened of you, born again, spirit, baptized, blood washed, sanctified, consecrated, baptized in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. People, he is frightened of you. I was walking in the mall a few months ago, and there was a boy being pushed in kind of a sliding wheelchair. Julian, and he started shaking. I don't like to do things to be show off, so I just got my gospel ray gun. Hallelujah. <laughs> you dirty devil tormenting that poor kid. The mother's trying to calm him, spit running out of his mouth, and I said, in the name of Jesus, stop! And it was calm. She wiped his mouth. Come on, hallelujah. Listen. You've got to set ambitious goals. You've got not only to lose your fears and to put on the whole armor of God. Expect great things. When I read a million, one hundred or some thousand dollars already collected by you, you don't know what, what, what this building and expansion Hundreds of more young people, hundreds of more little kids, hundreds more, thousands of them, more church plants. And God is going to pick up the tab. Somebody shout hallelujah. You are investing the down payment with a few million dollars. What is a soul worth? The church that I was in last week in uh, Rhode Island. I've been kind of like the father apostle for the last 30 years. The last time I was there was three and a half years ago or so. And they were running five or six hundred. Good church, a wonderful church. But I was shocked. I, I went there on a spur of the moment. It wasn't that it was booked. My granddaughter got a scholarship to Brown's University as water polo. And I wanted to go see her, so I called the pastor and I said, I'm going to introduce you to my granddaughter, and I want you to be her pastor. He said, no, you, uh, you don't just come. I want you to preach. You haven't been here for three and a half years. I will preach for you. You'll preach three times, and then we'll take your daughter to dinner, and we will get real acquainted. Well, she jumped the gun. She went to the church ahead of time to the youth service, fell in love with the church. And when I got there, she said, I can't hear you preach, Papa. I'm having to play Harvard Sunday, Harvard. Water polo. I said, on a Sunday? So, well, they gave me a scholarship to this university. I've got to do it. But I, our, our youth meeting starts on Friday, and I'm going to be there every Friday. The hundreds of young, you know, there was only 5,000 people there. But the young pastor, where's the youth pastor here? This, this, he reminds me so much. He's a lot taller, almost twice as tall as the youth pastor in Rhode Island. I prophesied over that kid. He said, Dad, 
the Lord spoke to me. I got to tell you what we got to do. We got to rent the dunk. We got to have church in the dunk. The dunk is Dunkin' Donuts build a big arena for all the rock concerts and all of the, the, the funny things go on. And the dad said, we don't have that kind of money. I said, dad, dad, this is God. It's going to be a harvest. The people were told that. They gave a half a million dollars. They went and rented it for two Sundays a month. The first service, they had 9,700 people. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you cross over, you watch what God is going to do in your marriage, in your home, in your family, in your ministry, in your business, in your church, in your prayer life, in your witnessing. Something about it. Another thing you need to understand, not only new expectations, but new provision. You know, when they got into the land, manna stopped. They had manna for 40 years. Manna, 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 manna. Same old, same old. Manna, manna, manna. But they got into the land and something happened. They had to circumcise all the people because they hadn't been circumcised. They had a new consecration, a new commitment, and they ate the fruit that was grown in that land. Something fresh. You cried out for more. You cried out for Shekinah. You cried out for the all the song, more of your presence, more of your spirit, overwhelm us, Shekinah come, glory come. I'm telling you, there's a hunger in this church like I haven't seen in all of the years it's been here. There is a deep calling under the deep. Something's about to happen. Put up your hands, everybody. Put up your hands right now and say, come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill me and well, overwhelm me. Well, one more thing. Joshua was all suited up. He told Reuben and Gad, the other three uh, tribes, he said, you got to suit up. They said, no, we'll stay on this side of Jordan. Please don't stay on this side of Jordan. Please don't say, I'm not going to have to be part of this. We got to see the whole church come together in unity. We got to watch each other's backs. We got to get acquainted by name. We got to get acquainted with the people. We got to have a community here of praying for one another and loving one another, getting the names of the people and knowing who they are. We need, listen to me, I'm telling you what we need. We need to find a person's phone number and we need to find how to text them and say, I'm praying for you. If, if once a week you say, I'm praying for you, if there's any special need, we've got to get together. We're a church. We're a body. We're a family. Come on. Hallelujah. If you see this, the food, the fresh food, pomegranates, the grapes, the honey, the milk. What a new land this is. One last thing. They're all suited up. All of them. That means everybody ready to march and do battle. And, of course, they're going to have to shout for the walls to come down. Shout. Hands up. Pow. A man appears. Tall. Joshua said, who are you? <laughs> are you for us 
or are you against us? And it was the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said, neither. I'm taking over. The battle's not yours. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You're going to go in. And I'm going to tell you, he said, kick off your shoes. Kick them off. Take them off. The ground is holy ground. And Joshua falls down on his face before Jesus Christ. You're going to have a new visitation. You're going to see Jesus, people. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to see Jesus. Not the problem. Not the devil. Not the ISIS. Not the economy. Not the stock report. Not <laughs> CNN. Not NBC and ABC. Not the Republicans. Not the Democrats. We're going to see Jesus. Come on, wave your hand. Go to see Jesus. Jesus is in his church. Jesus, we are the body of Christ. All right. We're going to shout, and the walls are coming down. Would you show me how COTR can shout? Come on. Can you show me how you can? Can you stand up and shout? Can you stand up and shout? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout for victory. Shout for his glory and power. For his faithfulness, shout, I don't hear you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Love you, Lord. You got it, brother. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hold hands, everybody. Hold hands. Look at the person whose hand you're holding and start praying for him right now. Start praying for him. I just know the Lord is going to do something so great and so wonderful and so powerful and so unique in your life. Every one of you are important. Every one of you are special. God's hand is upon you mightily. There's, there's a door that's been closed you wanted to see open. The Lord gives me a word. That door will open. <laughs> that opportunity, that challenge. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's too soon to quit. It's too soon to give up. Oh, pray for one another. Pray for one another right now. Pray for one another. Oh, God, reveal yourself. Let them have a visitation. Let them see the Lord. Let his powerful uh, presence, Shekinah, glory come upon them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Newness and freshness. The manna ceases, but now fresh anointing, fresh oil, fresh. Oh, Robo Yes, 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 yes. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're on the very brink, the very precipice, the very precipice, the very, uh, oh, my God, something going to happen. I'm not going to ask you to take off your shoes. I'm going to have to right now to just say, let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. I believe it's going to happen. I believe, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Opportunities like you never had. Opportunities are going to come to share your faith. Men are going to be in tears saying, I wish I would have known that long time ago. But today, you say, is the day of your salvation. Today, oh, hallelujah. Money's not going to be a problem. New, new, <laughs> new, expect new provisions. New provisions of every kind. 
from the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everything that eluded you, everything that's been hard for you to grasp, <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new day. You made it. The walls are coming down. You made it across the Jordan. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Thank. Would you raise your hands as high as you can as Pastor Mike comes? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Will you praise the Lord out loud? Hallelujah. Thank I, you, Jesus. I Hallelujah. hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody hallelujah. say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise hallelujah. God. Hey, I want our altar team to come up here. So altar team, come line up here. Because they're just an open heaven right now. And God is answering prayers and doing miracles. And so I just want you to agree with our altar team. But also, before you go, we need to honor and bless the man of God that came and sow in. Man, that's good seed to sow into. And if you'd like to leave an offering, I'm going to leave my Bible up here. You can just write on an offering envelope, Apostle C. You can put it on the debit machine. You can give it to an usher at the back when you leave. But try to just leave a blessing to help pay for his expenses and, and just kind of bless the man of God. So, But again, as we close, they're going to start to sing. Come and agree with somebody for prayer. I'm telling you, do it now while your faith is up and watch what God does. Amen. How about one more hand clap for Jesus? Amen.